Hey, Hope City Church, it's Pastor Jason. Hope you're having a good day. And I'm really excited about this time that we're, we're spending together because we're doing it a little bit differently. Uh, instead of me sharing a message this week, I texted uh, five of my pastor friends and asked them if they would be willing to, to preach for you this week. But there was, a, there was a catch. I was only giving them five minutes, which is tough for pastors and preachers to do to be short-winded. I'm sure you know that. But, but I, I texted five of my friends and I said, hey, would you be willing to give your best five-minute sermon for Hope City Church? And so that's what we're going to do. We call this Five for Five. We've done it before uh, at our South Louisville location a couple of times. Five for five, it's five preachers, five minutes, giving you their best five minutes. It's gonna be a really good time. And so I want you to lean in. I want you to maybe grab your phone, take some notes. You're gonna get five different messages. So what I love about five for five is that God can say a lot of different things to you today, uh, prompt you in a lot of different ways, challenge you in a lot of different ways. And so it's gonna be a good time. Now, first up is one of my really good friends, one of our favorite guests we have at Hope City. Uh, Pastor Micah Pelkey. You guys know Pastor Micah. He's spoken for us several times. He pastors Storyside Church in Belleville, Ohio. Just an amazing church up there. And so I don't want to take any more time. Let's jump right in. Five for five. First up, Pastor Micah from Storyside Church. Take it away, Pastor Micah. Hello, Hope City. Hello, Isaacs. I absolutely love your pastors, their family sending love to the church. I'm so excited to have five minutes today to share with you. And I'm asking for all the speakers that you'll lean in, you'll engage. I believe God is going to do something incredible today. Speaking of time, I heard the joke about the woman who had acquired uh, two new dogs and her friend was visiting her one day and she had the opportunity to meet the dogs and was asking her friend, what, what are the names what are the names of your dogs? And her friend told her, said, well, I, I decided to name them Timex and Rolex. She looked at her friend and she said, who would name their dogs Timex and Rolex, names like that? And her friend said, duh, they're watchdogs. That's not funny. But speaking of time, in the next few minutes, I'm asking you that you would just lean in, ask God to speak to your heart. I want to talk to you on this subject in our time together. God is still with you. God is still with you. Maybe make it personal right now. And would you just say, God is still with me? Can we say that together? God is still with me. When I look at scripture, the perspective, our perspective is often the difference between seeing our situation as an obstacle or an opportunity. And most often, every opportunity has a difficulty and every difficulty has an opportunity. So let me ask you today, what is the place that you find yourself in right now? Whether you're a college student, whether you're single, whether you're married, young to old, what is the space, what is the place that you find yourself in right now? And what are you doing? What is your perspective? What is your response or reaction to that place? When you look at Scripture, Mark 14 would tell us that they came to a place, a place, they came to a place, it was Gethsemane. Jesus is going to wrestle 
with the will of God at that place. Matthew chapter 14 is going to give us one of the greatest miracles in Scripture, feeding of of 5,000 men plus women and children, thousands and thousands of people. And the Bible says in verse 15 of Matthew 14, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted, here's the word. This is a deserted place. In Luke chapter 10, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, it's a story of the Good Samaritan. But the Bible would tell us that the Levite, when he arrived, here it is, at the place. Or Luke 19, Zacchaeus, a tax collector who needs Jesus. The Bible says that he's up in a tree. And when Jesus came, here it is, when Jesus came to the place. Or Matthew 27, verse 33, they came to a place, a place, a place called Golgotha. Salvation for you and I is going to hinge on how Jesus Christ handled the place. The reality is that we all come, you and I, we all come to specific places in our lives that will define us. And maybe right now you're saying, Micah, I'm in a tough place. I'm in a bad place. I, I feel like I'm held back or I'm held hostage or who would ever want to marry me single in this age? Who, who would ever believe that my marriage could turn around? How could God use me? Could God really save my son or daughter? I, I don't know what your place is today. But not only is the Bible full of people that come to places, but you and I come to places. And how we handle them will define and shape our direction and destiny. How do you see your situation today? My final verse that I want to read to you is out of Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw, notice this, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Uzziah had reigned for 52 years, during the greater part of which he and his people had been brilliantly prosperous, victorious in war, successful in the arts of peaceful industry. Tradition in the Talmud states that Isaiah was a cousin of Uzziah. So it's twofold. Number one, he's Isaiah, the personal prophet. But secondly, he has grief and mourning going on. But he said, even in the middle of all of that, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know the place you're in. I don't know what you're facing. But let's learn a principle from Uzziah. He said, even in the middle of all of that, I saw the Lord. Can I challenge you right now? Maybe you would say this is the year of being shut down or locked down. This is the time for me to be mad, upset, bitter, angry, distant, overwhelmed, anxious. But in the middle of whatever it is you're facing, you can still see the Lord today. Isaiah told us, I saw the Lord. And that's my prayer for you today. In the middle of your life, your situation, I'm asking today that God would show you he's still with you. God bless you, Hope City. I love you. Come on. Wow. What a strong way to get us started. Thank you, Pastor Micah, getting us going on our five for five and reminding us that God is with us in this place, uh, the places we are, God is with us. Thank you so much for that. Are you ready for number two? This is going to be good. I'm ready for you to hear from my friend, Pastor J.C. Worley. He's never spoken before at Hope City Church. This is his debut, uh, but he's an amazing communicator. He pastors um, Go Church. Go Church has two locations, a location in uh, Peachtree City, south of Atlanta, Georgia, and then also a campus in Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area. Just an amazing communicator, ton of energy, ton of passion. So you better wake up and get ready because Pastor JC don't play. 
He's going to bring the heat. So go ahead, Pastor JC, take it away. We'd love to hear from you. Come on, Hope City Church. What an honor it is to take just a few minutes this morning and share the word with you today. Before we jump into the message, I'd love to give some honor to your amazing pastors, Pastors Jason and Andrea Isaacs. Our family loves this family so very much. And and pastors, you are leading the beautiful people of Hope City Church incredibly well in this season. So I'd love to give you some honor today. Listen, if you love your pastors, if you love their amazing kiddos, go ahead and drop in the comment section telling them how much you do love them and how much you appreciate them because we just think the world of you guys. And again, what an honor it is to bring the message. I've been sitting on this story found in Mark chapter number four for a, a, a period of time now. And I want to read it to you. It's the account of the disciples on the boat with Jesus when a storm shows up. It begins in verse number 35. And the Bible says this, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So the disciples, they, they took him just as he was and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm, come on, say that word storm, a storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water and about to sink. Watch the posture of Jesus. Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a my pillow. Come on now. And frantically, the disciples, they woke Jesus up shouting, teacher, don't you even care that we're all about to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, quiet down or peace be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then Jesus asked them, he said, why are you so fearful? Do you still, emphasis on the word still, like, do you still, after all we've been through, after all you've seen me do, after every miracle, sign and wonder, do you still not have faith in me? And verse 41 says this, and they were filled with awe, and they said among themselves, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Life is a lot like this. These guys, they get on this boat, they're going to the other side, and then out of nowhere, bam, a storm shows up. Things go from good to bad to worse in seconds, and life can be the same way. We can be moving right along, and all of a sudden, we got a car problem, or a financial problem, or a health problem, or somebody we love dies unexpectedly, or the doctor gives us a bad report. We can just be going on business as usual, and then a global pandemic just shows up. Now, a lot of times you can anticipate the arrival of a storm, but you know this as well as I do. Sometimes our storms don't show up on a spiritual Doppler radar. Come on now. And you and I, we've experienced the damaging effects of these storms because they can blow in and blow things around and then they just blow out. But here's what I'm learning in my lifetime with every storm that comes my way. I should never be surprised by the storm. See, just because you're a Christian and just because we're followers of Jesus doesn't mean that you and I are immune to trial and trouble. Just because we love the Lord and we pray and read our Bible doesn't mean that we are exempt from the challenges of life. If you thought being a Christian would make your life easier, listen to me, 
That ain't going to happen. Pardon the grammar. Jesus never said that being a follower would make your life easy. Here's what Jesus did say in John 16, 33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. There will be storms. There will be hardship. There will be crisis. But then he says this, and this is why you should sign up for Christianity. This is why you should place your hope and your confidence in an almighty God. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but you can take heart. Come on, Hope City, because Jesus has overcome the world. Write this thought down. Being a Christian does not mean that you get out of the storms. It just means that you're never in the storms by yourself. Come on, that's so good today. And at the end of the day, none of us are exempt from the storms. And here's why. I think it's through the, through the tragedies. I think it's through the trials. I think it's through the trouble. It's in those darkest, deepest moments that we get to experience the sovereignty of God and the mercy of God. It's in the storm that we get to see the faithfulness of God on display. So I'm going to close this out, but let me give you some encouragement, Hope City Church. Your Bible says that God has never left you and God has never forsaken you. Joshua 1.9 says this, that you can be strong and courageous and you don't have to be afraid because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, I don't know how big the storm is you're facing today. I don't know how powerful the storm is that you're facing today, but I know how big your God is and I know how powerful your God is and you can count on the storm showing up but you can also count on God being right there with you whenever it does in this world you will have trouble but when you are in Christ Jesus you can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world come on I told y'all pastor JC didn't play he's got more energy in his pinky uh, than I do in my whole body thank you so much pastor JC for reminding us that we're not exempt from storms just because we follow Jesus, but we have him with us through the storm. So, so good. Thank you so much. Are you ready for number three? All right, it's gonna be good. Number three, our third speaker in our five for five is Pastor Paul Taylor. Pastor Paul uh, pastors Rivers Crossing Church in Cincinnati, uh, Ohio. You have probably passed Rivers Crossing many times if you've ever been to Kings Island and maybe you didn't know it, uh, they meet, their church facility is actually right by Kings Island in the parking lot, the movie theater, the old movie theater, right there uh, in the parking lot of Kings Island. But just an amazing, growing, multi-campus church. And I love Pastor Paul and his leadership and his content and his preaching. Um, and this is his first time speaking for Hope City, hopefully not the last, but get ready for our third speaker, Pastor Paul Taylor. Take it away. Hey, Hope City Church, so good to see you today. My name is Paul Taylor. I'm the lead pastor of Rivers Crossing Community Church in Cincinnati, just a couple of hours up the street. Love your pastor. Pastor Jason's doing an amazing job leading you through not only this pandemic, but as a church family. Just want to honor him. And, and just so cool to see what God is doing through your church during this season. Uh, and I believe he's going to do great things coming out of this season. Uh, I know some of you are, are Louisville Cardinal basketball fans and you're mourning right now because we lost March Madness, we lost the end of the season, but we have not lost basketball thanks to an amazing documentary that some of you have probably been watching on Sunday night. It's called The Last Dance, all about the late 90s Chicago Bulls, their 97-98 season, a deep look into that. I've been blown away. I was a huge basketball fan growing up, loved Michael Jordan, but... 
uh, th- even just the first couple of episodes have totally, radically changed my perspective. I-, I thought I knew about that team, about that season, about the coach, about Rodman, about Pippet, about MJ, about contract struggles, about injuries. I thought I knew all of that stuff, but now I'm getting a completely different perspective because I'm, I'm seeing into a, a time capsule from a different point of view. I don't know where you're at on your spiritual journey, but I know this, that, that we've been in a season during this pandemic, during this crisis, where uh, our perspective has started to get shifted and tainted towards negativity, towards all the, the press and media and doom and gloom. And frankly, there's, there's some things to to get a little bit discouraged about. This week, we've crossed 60,000 deaths here in the United States. And, and, and it's not something I wanna minimize in any way, but at the same time, if you're a follower of Jesus, God calls us to change our perspective. In the book of Colossians, Paul is, is writing to a church in Colossae into a city that's struggling with, with imposing all these rules and regulations and trying to add to the gospel something that God never intended because the gospel of Jesus is all about grace and there were people trying to add to that. And in, in Colossians chapter two, he, he gives this heads up. He's like, you don't need to go back to thinking the way that you used to think because you are now in Christ Jesus. And then at the beginning of chapter three, there's two perspectives that he tells us we have to shift and that we have to keep right in our lives during this season that still applies to us today. So let's read Colossians chapter three. We're gonna read four verses together and I'm gonna be done by the time the, the, the buzzer, the horn, the bell rings for five minutes. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So a couple of conditions here. If you're a follower of Jesus, he says that you've been raised with Christ, that in the book of Ephesians, it says that we, we are seated with him at the right hand of the Father in the heavenlies. And because of that, we need to get our hearts right and our minds right. Start with the heart. Heart is where we think about feelings and emotions. And a lot of you have been struggling and discouraged and filled with anxiety during this corona crisis. What you need to do when those feelings overwhelm you is you need to allow the Holy Spirit to take you to the place where the mighty power and the peace of God is at. And that's at the right hand of the Father. If you are in Christ, set your heart on things above. What's the other thing he says to do? He says to change your mindset. Set your mind on things above in verse 3. Why? Because you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And this is the great hope for those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ. No no matter what happens with this pandemic, no matter how long it lasts, no matter if you get infected, no matter if you are on your deathbed, guess what? You are you are already with Christ. And no matter, no matter where the rest of your life takes you, you can have the perspective that you are alive in Christ because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. That's good news. Hope City, 
Keep your perspective, set your heart and your mind on things above. God bless you guys. So, so good. Thank you, Pastor Paul, for that reminder to keep our, our perspective up, keep our eyes up, keep our heart up. And remember, we're in Christ. And we don't have to, to stay down in whatever we're facing. So thank you so much. Uh, that, was, that was so good. This has been amazing so far. We're only three speakers in. You've already gotten three amazing messages, but we're not done yet. This is why I love Five for Five, because it's just so good, so much. It's just coming at you strong. So here we go. Our fourth speaker is Pastor Kyle Jackson. Pastor Kyle is a great friend of mine, but he's not just a friend. For many years, he was a coach for me. I was in a coaching network of pastors and he was one of my coaches. He now serves as a campus pastor for Church of Highlands, Church of the Highlands, which is based in Alabama. Pastor Kyle pastors the first campus outside of the state of Alabama in Columbus, Georgia, but just an amazing friend an amazing minister, and man, I, I can't wait for you to hear him. So let's do it. Speaker number four in our five for five, Pastor Kyle Jackson. Let's go. Well, what's up, Hope City Church? My name is Kyle Jackson. Such an honor to be with you this weekend. I love your pastors so much. The Isaacs are incredible people, incredible friends, and incredible pastors. But I am ready to jump in with you uh, today. I don't know if you're anything like me. Maybe you've been asking some questions of yourself in this new season, in this new reality, uh, staying at home, homeschooling, running business from home, working from home, whatever your new reality is. I know for me, I've been asking a lot of questions of myself and maybe you found yourself up at night or throughout the day or maybe for several days asking yourself some questions. And this is the question that's really been at the forefront of my mind ever since this has started all the way through the last several weeks. And maybe you've been asking yourself this as well and just wondering, honestly, how am I doing? Like, how am I really doing in this new season, in this new reality? And I think that that's a question I'd like to answer for you this weekend, because maybe you're wondering how you're doing with your spouse. Maybe you're wondering how you're doing with your kids. Maybe you're wondering how you're doing as a friend or as a Christian or, or anything that any season you might find yourself in. Maybe you're asking yourself the question, how am I really doing? There's an incredible story in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, where John the Baptist uh, really has entered a season of change, a ministry season where every Everything looks different than it did before. And John was kind of the man for a while. He was pushing forward this idea of a savior, a Messiah to come. People were following him. He had the biggest ministry on earth. He was baptizing people. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene and people start leaving John. They start following Jesus. And where we pick up the story in Matthew chapter one, John finds himself in prison in a completely new reality. And he's asking his disciples to go find out some things for Jesus. Let's pick up the story in Matthew chapter one. It's as Jesus finished teaching his disciples, and then he went on to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. John was in prison, and when he heard what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to him, and they asked Jesus. John's disciples said, Jesus, are you the one who was supposed to come, or should we look for someone else? That John sent his disciples basically to get some affirmation, to find out how he was really doing. Was, was Jesus even the one? Did he do all this for the right person? Did he even do a good job is the question John's asking. And look how Jesus responds in verse 4. He, Jesus replied and said, Go back to John, report to him what you hear and see, that blind people receive sight, Disabled people walk, those who have skin diseases are healed, deaf people hear, those who are dead are being raised to life, and the good news is preached to those who are poor. Blessed are those who do not give up their faith because 
of me. I love what Jesus did right here. John's looking for affirmation. John's looking to hear that he did a good job, that he did it right. And instead of Jesus affirming his performance, he really sent John's disciples back to affirm his purpose. And said, the deaf, they hear. The blind, they see. The dead are being raised and the gospel is being preached. It goes on in verse 7 and it says, as John's disciples were leaving, that's so key here, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. He said, what did you go out into the desert to see? And he gives some weird analogies here in verses 7 and 8. And then he says in verse 9, then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. Verse 11, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Verse 12, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has been taking ground with force. The key to this whole statement here is that when John's disciples were leaving, Jesus turned to the crowd and told the crowd this about John, that John's disciples never heard Jesus say this. John's disciples didn't go back and tell John in prison, listen to what Jesus said, man, you're doing awesome. You're doing incredible. No, they went back and they affirmed John's purpose. And then Jesus turned to the crowds and bragged on John. And I just had a simple thought for you here today is I wonder if you're asking yourself the question, how am I really doing? I wonder if Jesus behind your back might be saying, some good things about you too. Maybe you're sitting around and you're wondering, am I being a good mom with this homeschool reality? Am I being a good husband with this new reality of working from home? Am I being a good boss trying to lead my staff from a distance? Am I a good employee? Am I even being a good Christian? Am I serving enough? Am I doing enough? Am I being a good student online? Am I being a good grandparent in this season? And I just want to look at you today and say, listen, single mom, you're doing great. Husband, you're doing great. Student, you're doing great. Grandmom, you're doing great. Business owner, you're doing great. And I think if Jesus could look at you, maybe just maybe this weekend and just tell you how you're doing and answer that question for you, I think he would say this simple statement and I think he would tell you that you're doing better than you think you are. And I think that if Jesus could really look you in the eye and answer the question of your emotions right now of how am I really doing, I think that he would affirm you. And he would look you in the eye and he would let you know that you're doing better than you think you are. Wow, thank you so much, Pastor Kyle. What a, what a great reminder that we need often that we're doing better than we think we are. And I don't want to rush past that. Let's let that sink in for just a moment. Um, whatever you're facing and wherever you feel like you're falling short and uh, doing wrong or haven't done enough of or haven't done enough right, man, God loves you, God affirms you. Uh, He's in your corner, he's on your side, and you are doing better than you think. That's so good. Well, we've had four speakers, but we're not done yet. We've got one more in our five for five, and he's last, but he's definitely not least. Our last speaker today for our five for five is my brother. It's my brother, Pastor Jeremy Isaacs. Jeremy Pastors Generations Church in Canton, Georgia, an amazing church uh, that's growing like crazy. And Jeremy's spoken for us before. Uh, He also has done some other podcasts and videos and different things with us online. He's my brother, but he's not just my brother. He's my friend. He's my partner in ministry. I love him, and you're going to love hearing from him too. So here we go. Last speaker, speaker number five, Pastor Jeremy Isaacs. Go for it. What's up, Hope City Church? My name is Jeremy Isaacs, and I am the smarter, funnier, better-looking brother of your pastor. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Jason and Andrea to death, and I'm so excited 
about the opportunity today just to share for a few minutes, along with some of my good friends uh, who are also presenting today. And uh, I love what God's doing in your church. And even in the midst of all the uncertainty of this season, I'm excited to see what God is doing at Hope City, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Uh, You know, for the next few minutes, I would just love to share with you from one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. Uh, I naturally gravitate towards the incredible narratives of the Old Testament, and, uh, and so I, I'm going to take you to a story that you're probably somewhat familiar with, even if you're not a person of faith or the Bible, uh, you're not a biblical scholar in any, any regards. Uh, this is the story of a guy named Moses. So Moses was a guy who uh, had, they tried to kill him at birth along with all the other babies during that time. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. He eventually killed a guy thinking that he was protecting someone, and he goes on the run. He ends up out in the wilderness. He's protecting the sheep and taking care of the sheep of his father-in-law, Jethro. And one day, he is walking out in the middle of the desert, and a bush catches on fire. Now, that sounds like something that would absolutely catch my attention at that time if it did it today. But Scripture tells us that it took a minute for Moses to really kind of see what was happening. So it says he turns aside to see what was taking place because the bush was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. So he walks up to the bush and all of a sudden God starts speaking to him from this bush, calls him by name, Moses, Moses, take off your sandals for this is holy ground. Well, again, if I, if I read that story in the way that I would respond in present day, that would absolutely catch my attention. It would be the equivalent of me walking down the road right now and an ATM machine catching on fire and then starting to talk to me and call me by name. And so it's something that, that would definitely catch Moses' attention, especially as they start having a conversation. So God begins to talk to him and says, hey, I've got a plan for you. I want you to go and set my people free. And Moses begins to give God all of these reasons that it's impossible for him to do what God is asking him to do. He says, what if they don't believe me when I get there? I have a stuttering problem. What if I can't speak to Pharaoh in the way that you've asked me to do? And so he begins to give God all of these reasons why he can't accomplish the plan that God is calling him to. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe when God asks you to do something or you're, you're in a moment where you know there's a, there's a path towards obedience and there's a path toward disobedience, you can come up with a lot of reasons why it's going to be more difficult for you to obey than to disobey. Well, that's the place that Moses finds himself. And as a part of this conversation, God is continually giving him reasons that he absolutely can do what he's being asked to do. And I want you to look at this scripture with me. This is in Exodus chapter 4. And so this is right at the beginning of the chapter. We're going to read a couple of verses there together. This is beginning in verse 2, Exodus chapter 4. Look at this together. It says, Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. That's the moment that I tell God, Absolutely not. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe. I've actually got a staff here today. It was given to me as a gift several years ago uh, as I was becoming the lead pastor of our church. Someone gave this to me as the symbol of me helping to shepherd and lead our church. And so it's not something that I carry around ever. It holds a place just in my office as a part of the decor. But I wanted to show you, this would be something that any shepherd would have had, something similar. This one's really nice and polished, and this probably would have been what they had, the equivalent of just a walking stick if you're walking the trails in the woods near your house or something. But he had this, and so God is trying to help him understand that he can obey, he can do what he's being asked to do. And so God says, hey, let me prove it to you. He said, what do you have in your hand? And Moses said, well, it's just a staff. Well, because I don't carry a staff every day, it's an abnormal object for me. But for a shepherd, it would have been something that would have been in his hands all the time. It was something that was very natural. So if, if you were to read these scriptures for yourself, maybe you would replace the word staff with something that seems natural to you. If you're a teacher, maybe it's something where you use in your classroom a textbook. 
Uh, if you're a banker, maybe it's something that you use, a calculator. If you're a stay-at-home mom, it's something that you're doing as maybe you prepare meals at night, and so it's something that's there in the kitchen. It's an appliance that you would, you would use. It's the things that are natural to your life. God is saying, what do you have in your hands? And Moses says, it's a staff. And God says, okay, I want you to take what seems natural to you, and I want you to throw it down. I want you to release it to me. Well, the incredible happens as soon as Moses releases it to God. It's no longer natural. It becomes supernatural. It becomes a snake, and God says, I want you to pick it up. Obviously, I said I would not have picked it up, but Moses obeys. He grabs that snake by the tail, and he picks it back up, and now it's the natural again. And here's what I want you to know today. I want you to know that the things that you hold in your hand that seem so natural, if you'll release them to God, God can turn them into the supernatural. God can do more with what seems normal to you if you'll just release it to God, if you'll trust God with what you have in your hand. So you think, well, everybody just loves people like I love people. Well, maybe not, but if you would release that to God, what could God do with that gift, that personality that you have? You say, well, everybody can sing like I sing when I sing in the shower, but, but it's not. It's natural to you, but it is supernatural when you release it to God. Whatever it is that you hold in your hand, I believe today that God may be asking you to give that away, to give that to him and allow him to do more with that gift, more with that natural that you hold in your hands because as you release it to him, it becomes supernatural. So here's the question for you today. This is a question for all of us. What will you do with what you have in your hands? What will you do with what you have in your hands? I don't know what you're holding today, and I don't know what God is asking of you, but I do know that if we'll release to God all that he's asking of us, he takes what seems natural to us, and he makes it supernatural. God bless. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeremy. For an amazing message uh, that, that reminder that those things in our life that feel normal or natural or maybe sometimes insignificant God uses them and does something significant and, and supernatural with it so so good this has been amazing five phenomenal speakers pastors friends uh, just really really been good so good we say that a lot around Hope City so good uh, we like to say that why don't you give me a so good in the comments right now that would be it'd be fun but Thank you so much, Pastor Micah, Pastor JC, Pastor Paul, Pastor Kyle, Pastor Jeremy. Um, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being amazing pastors, but thank you for sharing with us today in our five for five. And here's, here's how I wanna close this out, is I wanna give somebody an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus. It's what we're all about at Hope City Church. We share real hope so people can have real life, and we don't ever wanna miss an opportunity for somebody to, to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the best decision you could ever make, it's where real hope comes from. And so wherever you're at right now, whoever you're with, however you're watching this, if you would say, I'm ready to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't have all the answers, but I have enough to know in my heart and in my head that today's the day I'm supposed to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, wherever you are, would you just throw your hand up? If you're with people, that can feel a little bit odd, but I want to encourage you, go ahead and do it. If you're by yourself, throw your hand up. And the reason we ask you to do that is it's just a step. It's just, a, it's just a symbol, it's just a gesture that says, you know what, I'm starting today, I'm taking a step today and starting a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. I'm gonna go first, I want you to repeat after me. And these are just words, and, and it's not the words that save you, it's the belief in your heart that saves you. So as you pray this prayer, if you believe what you're praying and what you're saying, Jesus Christ, is gonna save you and forgive you, and you are going to be a brand new person. Not a, not, a, not a better version of the old person, a brand new person, starting a brand new relationship with Jesus Christ. So are you ready? Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Please save me. Thank you for dying on the cross 
for my sin. I give you my life. I give you control. The next time I fall, help me to get up and to run to you and not away from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, can we just take a moment and celebrate? Come on. Let's celebrate those people who started a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. It's amazing. If you made that decision, our, our MCs, our pastors will give you a little bit of information about that. There'll be a link in the, in the chat if you're watching this with us in real time. Uh, we want to do everything that we can to help you start that relationship with Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for being a part of this sermon, this five for five with us today. And I can't wait to see you back again next week. God bless.